All right. So uh, we just got back from our uh, little vacation, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, are there any kids in here? All right, go ahead and go upstairs. You guys are you guys are good. <clears throat> All right, so we were just uh, we we're just at Yellowstone and. We uh, rode the motorcycles through. Um, my dad's best friend from like high school met us over there, and we rode the bikes through Yellowstone and rode next to a buffalo, and it was it was pretty exciting. Um, you know, the whole the whole time, you know, just just remembering that this was this was dad's trip. You know, this was what dad always wanted to do, and and so it was kind of fun to just be there um, and just remember him in that. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody um, on the live stream here, everybody wherever you are, um, all around the world for all of the all the prayer and um, all of the uh, just all of the the love and the support that you've given us as a family, um, as as you've given us as a church. Um, this is one of the most difficult times that I've ever had to go through. Um, so I just really appreciate all of the love and support and, and it's, it's amazing what the kingdom of God can do when we all pull together to support those who are hurting. And, um, and that's what we're here for. That's what the church is here for. And, and I hope that we can be that for others as they, as they go through, um, hard times. Um, I just want to open today with, uh, with this. said, so basically when we're talking about hard times, you know, have you ever gone through a hard time? where things just happened bad and you don't know why they happened. You seemed to be doing everything right. You seemed to be following God. You seemed to be doing everything you were supposed to be doing. You were, you were reading your Bible. You were doing everything. You were following God's word. You were following everywhere you were supposed to go. But yet still at the end of the day, bad stuff happened. Darkness fell. And you ended up feeling like you were just collapsing under the weight of the darkness. You know, sometimes life, there's no explanation, there's no reason, there's no good reason for why darkness comes. And I just want to go and I just want to open up our prayer. And Lord, I thank you, God, for this time that we have. I thank you for this moment that we have to, to hear your word, to hear your, your message, God. And I pray that you would just speak through me. As, as you have something to deliver to your people, God. And I pray that you would just bless and anoint this time and let it touch our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a, one of my favorite stories in the Bible was when Peter um, got to walk on water. You know, I always felt like Jesus was kind of a superhero. You know, Jesus always did some extraordinary things. He did miracles. He walked on water. He floated around. He, he walked through walls and all the kind of superpowers that we thought we, we all could have as a kid. And so Peter at one day, he got to try it. You know, and you go to, you go to that story and, and it's in uh, Matthew 22. And I just want to read it to you. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples go into the boat. And go before him to the other side. And when he sent the multitudes away, um, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And then when evening came, he was all alone. But the boat had now um, was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. And for the, and for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking upon the water. 
And the, and when the, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out onto the water. So he said, Come. And, I, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind and the waves were boisterous, he was afraid, and, be, and he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his arm and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And all those who were there in the boat began to worship him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is an awesome story. You know, Jesus comes out walking on the water just in the nick of time. Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water and he sinks and Jesus saves him. And then everybody just realized in that one moment, you know, isn't it funny that we just realize that God is truly God when he just rescues us in in the worst moment of our lives? You know, Jesus was obviously God before that. He was obviously God in all of the other times as well. He was obviously God in all of the moments that the disciples had been there with him. He had just preached and he had just, like this was literally just after he fed the 5,000. Jesus literally just made a few loaves and a few pieces of fish enough to feed over 5,000 people. And yet when Jesus gets in the boat and calms the storm, then they truly realized that he was God. It's interesting how we as people, we, it's all about our, the way we see things in the moment. But there were some interesting things in this story that I, that I wanted to pull out today. And I'm, and I'm titling my message today, When Darkness Falls. Because we all go through those times when darkness just falls. We just feel like we're just lost. We feel like everything is dark and we feel like everything is, is utter chaos. We feel like we can't see straight. We feel like we can't get out of bed in the morning. We've all had those moments. Sometimes it's because of our own fault and sometimes it's for no fault of our own. Sometimes we're just there and darkness falls. This was a moment that Peter fell into darkness. But the, the interesting things about this story is the first thing is, is in verse 22, the Bible says that Jesus made his disciples go to the other side in the boat. He didn't just say, oh, if you want to stay, you can, or if you want to go, you can go. Um, but before the event was even done, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. The people weren't even gone yet. And Jesus says, hey, you guys get in that boat and go to the other side. I'll finish up here. And so the disciples, they get in the boat and they start going to the other side. This was not their choice. They were following Jesus's instruction. They were following directions to the T. They got in the boat and they started to go to the other side. Jesus dismissed all the people. And then he went up to the mountain. See, the Sea of Galilee was... um, I looked up on a on an Israel like uh, travel guide or whatever to see if you could walk around the Sea of Galilee, and you can. And it's about thirty five miles all the way around. So if Jesus was going to the other side, it would have been about half of that. 
which would have been about a day's walk. And so here Jesus is telling his disciples to take their only boat. He didn't say get into one of the boats and go to the other side. He said get into the boat and go to the other side. So he's like, go, I'll wrap up here. Basically what he's saying is I'll see you tomorrow. I'll catch up with you later. Go and wait for me. And so Jesus sends him away and then he goes up to the mountain. So he's not even starting his journey yet. He goes up to the mountain and then it says that Jesus waited until evening. The thing about evening is that evening is darkness. When evening comes, the sun goes down and darkness falls. And it says by that time, the disciples were well away from shore and they were in the middle of a storm. Jesus waited until it was dark. Jesus probably could have avoided the whole situation. Jesus could have just sent him a different way and said, you know what, there's going to be a storm tonight. Why don't you guys just walk around the lake? But he didn't. He sent them into the boat and he sent them into the darkness and he waited until darkness fell. Verse 25 came and then it says, Jesus came to them in the fourth watch of the night. You know what's interesting? If you don't understand, if you don't know about Jewish um, history, they had four watches. One was, you know, to start, and then the fourth watch was the end one. The fourth watch was the last watch right before dawn, right before the sun came up. So the disciples had not only been in this storm all day because they got sent out while it was still daytime. And then they start going across. So you imagine if you can walk around this lake in a matter of hours, imagine it would be shorter probably to go through the lake. But it was so stormy and so windy that the disciples could not get to the other side. The, 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 the storm was prohibiting them from progressing and they were stuck they were battling they were probably almost sinking they were probably terrified they were probably trying to figure out if there was a way to go back but they couldn't get back they couldn't get forward and they were stuck in the middle of a storm in the sea of Galilee in the middle of darkness and Jesus waited and he waited through all the watches And then all of a sudden, in the fourth watch, here comes Jesus walking across the water. You know, there's a whole ton of stuff out there about the fourth watch and and the importance of the fourth watch. And why when God wakes you up in the middle of the night and puts something on your heart, why you shouldn't go back to bed and why you should pray for it, why you should seek God in those moments, The fourth watch is so important. And Jesus comes to them in the darkness at the end of the watch. And they were afraid. And then he announces himself and says, don't be afraid, it's just me. You know, at that moment, Jesus probably could have just calmed the storm right there. He says, oh guys, it's just me, let's calm the storm. 
all right, and I'll get in the boat and then we can go to the other side. But he didn't. He interacts with them in the storm. The storm is raging. And here's Jesus walking on the water in the storm. And Peter says, if it's you, ask me to come out there in the storm and walk on the water with you. It's not like, sometimes when I read the Bible, it seems like Peter got out onto the boat and then he got out of the boat and then he starts walking on the water and then he realized, oh, there's a storm around me. Now I'm scared. The interesting thing is, is there was a storm before Peter even got out of the boat. There was a storm before Peter even talked to Jesus. They were in the storm. And then when Peter saw Jesus, he forgot about the storm. He forgot about the waves. He forgot about the trials, the turmoil, all of that sort of stuff. When he started looking at Jesus... He didn't notice the storm. So then Jesus says, come out of the boat, come on. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he starts watching and then he remembers. I just want to say, when you're in a storm and God brings deliverance, sometimes the storm fights back. Sometimes you're, you're, you're looking at Jesus and you're focusing on Jesus and you're worshiping and you're praising and then you, you forget the storm. And then it's like a little bit of sun and then storm and then storm and then storm and then a little sun and then storm. And then I'm looking at Jesus and I'm walking on the water and then storm. Right? Doesn't it feel like that's how it is sometimes? So many times we get down on ourselves and we get discouraged because we feel like we can't escape the storm. And you feel like you're not spiritual enough because your your faith isn't enough to to calm the storm. And and you're like, God, I believe and I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, God, and I just can't get out of the storm. And then the moment I see a little bit of sunshine, then the storm hits again. I imagine that's a little how Peter felt. He gets out there and he forgets the storm and he gets out on the water and he goes towards Jesus and he gets hit again. He gets gets looking at the storm and he gets looking at all the waves and all of that sort of stuff and then he falls. My favorite word in this scripture is this, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up. Immediately. Immediately. God is not going to leave you in the storm. God is not going to let you sit in the storm. He's not going to let you drown in the storm. He is going to be there just in time in that fourth watch when you're sinking, when you're drowning and you're looking for Jesus. Jesus is there looking for you. See, the disciples had been battling the storm all night. They were tired. They were scared. They were probably grumpy. They were probably saying things to each other that weren't so nice. They were probably hurting each other's feelings. I'm sure they had some things to say about Jesus too. Come on. Like Jesus is the one that sent us out here. They were probably mad. They probably had all kinds of emotions. 
because they were sitting in the middle of a storm. Moving on into a different part of of Peter's life. Peter was kind of a, a character that went through a lot of storms. Luke 22, verse 60. Peter denies Jesus. He had just gone through this epic moment where he says, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Right? I'll go to the, I'll go to the cross for you. I'll die for you. And Jesus says, all right, Peter. But just remember when the rooster crows, everybody knows the story, when the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. And so Peter, walking there, he's terrified. He's terrified of a little girl. Denying Jesus, cussing at people, doing all the things that he knows he shouldn't have been doing. He had it in his mind. And then all of a sudden the rooster crows and triggers his memory. And the Bible says in verse 61, the Bible says that Jesus looked straight at Peter. And then Peter went and wept bitterly. Sometimes in this story, I I realized something in this story recently. The Bible says that when, when Peter denied Jesus and the rooster crowed, then Jesus looked at Peter. That must have been an incredible look. And that moment when you know you just messed up, sometimes you go through darkness because God wants us to grow. Sometimes you go through darkness and you didn't do anything wrong. It's just bad situations because we live in a fallen world. The devil is real. The devil attacks. And sometimes we go through those darkness moments just because they're there. You're not doing anything wrong. But sometimes we go through darkness because we just royally screwed up. Sometimes we go through darkness because we just made the biggest mistake of our lives. Peter in this moment denies Jesus and the Bible says Jesus looked at Peter. And I would I would imagine that that look was so intense that it just pierced Peter to the core and it changed him forever. He ran and he wept bitterly. But one thing about this scripture that's interesting to me that's not said, but it's implied The look of Jesus, no matter how great or amazing it was, would have been insignificant if Peter would not have been looking at Jesus. In darkness, no matter if you're messed up in sin, no matter if you're 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 going through depression, you're going through anxiety, you're going through whatever it is you're going through. Maybe you can't figure out how to, how to whip the habit. Maybe you can't figure out how to break free. Maybe you feel all bound up and maybe you feel like you can't get ahead. You go one step forward and two steps back. 
the way that we get freedom is just to look at Jesus. Because when we're looking at Jesus, Jesus is looking back at us. And in Jesus, there's freedom. In Jesus, there is healing. In Jesus, there is incredible deliverance. Deliverance that you can't get anywhere else. Deliverance that you can't buy. You can't, you can't read enough Bible studies to get this kind of deliverance. The only thing that it comes from is just looking at Jesus and letting him look back at us. When Peter was in the storm, walking on the water and he sank and he looked to Jesus, his cry out to Jesus would have meant nothing if Jesus wasn't there looking at him already and immediately... Jesus knew before he even cried. Immediately he reached down and grabbed him. When Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was already looking at Peter. And all Peter had to do was look. You know, sometimes we try and fix ourselves. We try and get ourselves right. We try and say, you know, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right and then I'm going to serve. I'm going to get right and then I'm going to dedicate my life. I'm going to get right and then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fulfill my role in the church. Or I'm going to get right first and then I'm going to preach. And I'm going to get right first and then I'm going to do this. Because I'm going to get right and then I'm going to join the worship team. Or I'm going to get right and then I'm, I'm going to. There's always something. I just want to get right first. think the message that Jesus wants us to get is that you need to stop trying to fix yourself and just look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Because in those moments when you're looking at Jesus, I don't have to tell you what you're doing is wrong. I don't have to tell you that where you're, what you're, where you're going is destructive. I don't have to tell you any of those things because when you're looking at Jesus, what happened to Peter when he looked at Jesus is he realized where he was. He realized what he was doing. And he realized that Jesus knew he would do it and loved him anyways. Do you know Jesus knows every sin that you will commit? Jesus knows every sin you will commit. And he loves you anyway. The day that God called me to ministry, he was also watching me sin. And he still chose to use me. And it's the same for you. In the worst moment of your life, Jesus saw you and he also called you to his purpose.